This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Well, hello and welcome into New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. I'm Ben George, alongside Ted Alatsis over at the Alatsis Law Firm there in Brooklyn, New York. Ted, welcome in. How are you today? I'm great, Ben. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, no complaints. No complaints at all. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today. We're talking about when and how to challenge or attack an estate plan. And I guess, you know, when I think about it, um, I know you work on this every day, but for someone that doesn't think much about estate planning day to day, right? I don't really think about the challenging aspect of things, right? I kind of think like you you build it, you set it, it's in place, and then it just kind of holds strong and sturdy. But I guess there are times when you do have the opportunity potentially to want to challenge an estate plan. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's true. And, um, you know, you, when you're planning, you need to think about, you know, being defensive of, of something like that. So yeah, absolutely. It, it happens more often than you think. Yeah, that's a good point. The defensive side of that too. So we're going to take you through just some various ways uh, that you can challenge, maybe undo, override an estate plan and the circumstances around when this might be appropriate. If you have questions for Ted, you can always find them online at latsislawfirm.com. You can also jot down this number as well, 718-233-2903 to call and set up a time to meet with Ted. Let's start off, Ted, I guess, the reasons why you might be suspicious of an estate plan. Um, I guess, What would be some of the circumstances or some of the reasons why you might raise a red flag or two? Well, I, I think at the end of the day, it always starts with the documents themselves and, and what's the what, what's contained in them, right? So, you know, there are you know, certain things that become a red flag, certainly if you're a potential beneficiary or someone who, you know, would ordinarily be receiving a part of an estate if a person didn't have a will and you see that suddenly you've been cut out, then, well, you know, that, that certainly could, could raise, raise some suspicions. And then, um, you know, then, then at that point, you need to think about what, you know, what and how the uh, documents were executed and what manner they were executed and then look at uh, the different things that could, get, that could raise suspicions. With regards to the procedures that were that were undertaken in terms of making those documents a, a, a reality, you know, when I when I see like on this list of things that could raise a suspicion, you know, without a document properly executed, is that something that's easy for someone that isn't familiar with this process to to pick out and be aware of? Um, not necessarily. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it really it really depends on on the type of you know mistake or error or documentation that's been put into place, and so some things are a little bit more obvious than others. You know, handwriting, that can be something that could be obvious to someone who, who knows the handwriting of the person who signed a document. But, you know, other infractions um, may, may not be so obvious. Okay. And I know that there's also the, the situations where, you know, a power of attorney, an agent, executor, trustee might not be following the instructions of the estate plan or not really fulfilling their duties. Um, how often does that happen? And I guess this is something that you could really go after, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, it happens. And, you know, a lot of times what in that scenario, certainly, you know, the, the idea is to try to figure out what the what the intent was of the person who's actually um, the, the, the person who delegated the power to the agent. Right. So at the end of the day, it's to, what was his or her wishes and what, what were their intentions and what those intentions have been followed through? Um, you know, when you look at, at documents, there's a lot of different things you want to look at um, to see if they've been you know executed properly. Right. So um, in terms of doing the analysis, you know, the, the, certainly, you know, it, are the wishes of the testator or the person who actually executed the documents um, or who, in whose names the documents were executed, 
uh, are those person's wishes uh, being followed and observed? And were they the actual wishes that they had at the time the documents were prepared? Gotcha. So let's kind of take you through. These are some of the reasons. We'll get into them a little bit deeper here and kind of break down what I, what actually you can attack and uh, and how you would uh, go about doing this as well. So let's start off with uh, improper execution. What are, you, what are you looking for here and what are some of the things that maybe you can point to to attack? Well, okay. So, you know, when, when you're looking at an estate plan, you, you have to first start to kind of look at, you know, why you think there may be some issues with the estate plan that's been executed, right? So it starts with, you know, was the person who signed the document under any kind of duress? Were they being forced to do it? Uh, you know, you, you typically see this in the context where, you know, one one child um, who, um, you know, has been out of the, the parent's life for a long period of time suddenly brings the child, uh, brings the parent to a lawyer to do a will and, you know, takes, uh, takes one of the other children out of the will or, you know, gives that particular child, you know, an extra, an extra benefit that probably was not the intention of the, the ben, of the, uh, of the testator, right? So, so you look to see, you know, if you can establish whether there's been some sort of the rest. Um, you, you also may want to consider the testamentary capacity or the, the, the ability for the person who executed the documents to formulate and understand what they were doing. Basically, you know, that's the old sound, sound mind and body test, right? Um, that, that people have, have you know, if, if anybody's ever, you know, watched the movie and, and watched, uh, you know, will reading, you know, did the, did the, did the person who signed the will, you know, ha- were they of sound mind and body when they signed it? And then you're looking at the formalities, the document execution and how that was uh, done. And we're gonna be talking about that you know, shortly. Um, and then, like like you said, the, the the ability of an agent to sign sign documents. So those are the, the that's the context of you know any kind of uh, suspicions you may have about an estate plan. When it comes to execution, you know there are certain rules, and depending on the type of document, um, there are formalities that have to be executed um, in connection with the completion of a document. With a will uh, in New York, the, the the simplest standard is it must be executed in front of two witnesses who were present when the document was executed, and the witnesses have to attest to the fact that the person who signed the will uh, was of sound mind and body, and they must sign in their in their respective presence as well as the presence of the testator when the document is is signed. Notarization, um, which is not something that happens on a will, but notarization does happen with regards to the affidavit that's typically executed by the witnesses who witness the will. Um, And then you're looking for other indicia or other signs that the testator read and reviewed the document. So you're looking for initials, um, in all the right spots and signatures in all the spots where uh, they're supposed to be signed. Missing some of those items can be you know, pretty clear evidence that either the document wasn't executed properly or some other issue with the document itself. I'm guessing as we go through all these things that you can challenge here, this has got to be the most clear cut, right? It seems to be pretty black and white. Yeah. And and that's, and absolutely. And that's definitely the one that, you know, you can, you can look at the four corners of the specific document and kind of, um, you know, look at that as, as evidence of, of some sort of issue. All right. Let's talk about the mental capacity uh, when this is maybe something that 
that would raise suspicion about what state the person was in when they were doing the document. So what are you looking for here? What are some of the things that you can maybe point out the challenge? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, what you're looking for is is making sure that the person who executed the document uh, did so you know, freely, understanding full well, uh, you know, who who their family members are, who their potential beneficiaries would be, um, the consequences of omitting or um, somehow uh, curtailing, you know, one person's share versus another, um, and then understanding, you know, where their assets are and 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 being able to to formulate an, a direction for how they want things to go. So, so it's really about understanding, it's about knowledge, and it's about being able to articulate um, that understanding. Okay, and the burden of proof being a little bit more difficult there for that one. Um, and then undue influence. So, you know, did the person sign the plan do so under improper influence of someone else? I, I imagine this one's pretty difficult to, to prove. Yeah, so the mental capacity and undue influence are both, you know, difficult to prove, right? The burden becomes uh, the burden is is really high because, you know, obviously when when you're challenging these documents, typically they're being challenged when the person's no longer around, so they're not around to establish it. So you're trying to provide it with uh, with in in the case of capacity with with medical evidence, which is not always uh, conclusive, um, and then with undue influence, it's really about the circumstances that came. Uh, that, that, that came about uh, when the person signed the documents, right? So who brought the person to the lawyer, you know, who paid for the, the, the plan being, being signed? What were the circumstances uh, that arose that brought the, the person to the lawyer to get the documents executed? Um, and then, you know, what, what is the relationship between that person and, and the person who signed the documents? So, you know, it's it's a definitely a much harder thing to to establish, and and frankly, um, if you if you think about it a little bit, um, you know, a, a person is more likely to be generous with someone who spends a lot of time with them. So that in and of itself isn't necessarily undue influence. So it's it's a difficult it's a difficult burden for sure. That makes sense. All right, last thing here: the the breach of fiduciary duty. What are you trying to attack here? What what can you actually point to to maybe have some substance and, and to maybe uh, win some favor. So this is the example of the, you know, the um, corrupt, you know, accountant or lawyer or financial planner who, you know, gets in the head of, uh, of, of the person who's signing documents and says, well, I can, you know, I can manage your money when you're gone. I can make sure everything goes to, you know, your, your estate the way you want to do it or something of that nature. But really what they're after is just, you know, collecting the fees and, and uh, you know, managing the money and having control over the money and, essentially cutting everyone out if, if, if even possible. Right. So, so at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the motivations and self-interests of the fiduciary who's, who's coming into, into play. So, you know, what you, what you want to do in a scenario like that, if you're, if you're someone who's, you know, kind of vulnerable to, to that type of uh, an arrangement, you, you want to be careful and you want to, you know, create backstops and, and all kinds of uh, checks, you know, checks and balances to make sure that, you know, that, that power isn't abused. Well, anyone that you know has is listening to this maybe has thought about this before, how to challenge an estate plan. So, I guess for someone that's kind of thinking about this or has some concerns about an estate plan that maybe one of their loved ones has set up or crafted, what's that first step for them in terms of like reaching out to an estate planning attorney like you? What what do they need to bring? What are you looking for when you first meet with them? Like, how does that first conversation go? Well, I, I mean, the first thing we're looking for is the document itself, right? So we want to look to see if there's any of that uh, that that you know, clear cut 
um, evidence to start. And if there isn't, then what is the, the basis for the, the allegations, right? So we're looking then at the, the breakdown of what's going on in the estate plan itself, right? So if it's a dispute, let's say, between, between children and um, you know, everything's going equally to the children, it's going to be hard to overcome a plan like that because it seems relatively fair and it seems like that would be you know, what uh, you know, most people would think of as, as an appropriate arrangement. But let's say you have an arrangement that's completely one-sided where, say, there's four kids, but only one kid's getting everything. Okay, well, now that now that indicates there's a possibility that there may be some undue influence, perhaps, or, you know, what what is the reason behind, you know, a plan like that? So then then we start to delve a little deeper into the relationships and, you know, who was around the, the testator when they were, you know, preparing the estate plan, what was the care arrangements, uh, th- things of that nature. So kind of try to try to prove the theory uh, to start. And then, and then we start kind of, you know, delving further into what kind of evidence we can, we can establish, we can use to establish any potential potential issues. And for somebody that comes in there to meet with you too, I'm assuming you try to set realistic expectations, right? So if you feel, hey, maybe there's not a whole lot we can do here, or hey, I think you got a great case. Either way, you're kind of having that upfront conversation with them before they try to pursue anything further. Yeah, absolutely. It's important to, to be upfront, you know, with, with that analysis because it is a difficult burden. It doesn't it doesn't happen um, very often that a you know a challenge is successful. Um, and then you know, you know measuring success, you know, in an all or nothing scenario, it's very hard to measure it, you know, as as a as a successful enterprise. So it is very difficult to do. The burden is very difficult, and the you know the number one witness is not here. So you know that that's that that's really the the, the biggest part of it, the biggest issue. For sure. All right, good stuff. Well, if you have, if you want to follow up, if you want to get some thoughts uh, from Ted, have him examine your situation. Maybe there's an estate plan you want him to take a deeper look at. You can always contact him at That is the website. You can schedule a meeting there through the website. But if you prefer to do that over the phone, that option is also available at 718 233 2903. All right, good stuff, Ted. Thanks for taking us through this today. I know if anybody has questions about this, encourage them to call. Also, encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well if you haven't done that. Want to learn more about estate planning and some issues that you might face with your planning? You can always do that through the podcast. We appreciate your time as always, Ted. Thank you, Ben. Great to talk to you. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.